Hello, I'm Fran, one of the curates at St Nick's, and thank you, Malcolm, for bringing us that reading. A lot of tricky names in there and a lot of detail. Stones put on stones, building this wall. You might be thinking, what is she going to find to say about that passage? It is a preacher's nightmare. Uh, well, there is plenty in there. And I think God wants to talk to us this morning about what it is like to follow Jesus when all the romance is taken out of it. When you're in a lockdown and you get out of bed and it's the same as it was yesterday as the day before, how do you follow Jesus when it is just about the daily grind of life? Well, if you are joining us for the first time or maybe you've just picked up on this teaching series, we're talking about Nehemiah. And Nehemiah, well, he was someone who worked for a king, but he was also one of the chosen people of God. And these people had their own city, Jerusalem, but it was invaded, ransacked, the people had to leave, but then they were allowed back. But the, the walls were in a bit of a state and this grieved Nehemiah, who didn't live there at the time. So God stirred up his, uh, his dreams to go and rebuild this wall. The king said, OK, you can leave my work and you can go and do this for a time. So off Nehemiah went. And yeah, there's a lot of detail in this passage and it's worth noting if you're someone like me who's a dreamer, loves the big picture stuff, loves to think how things could be, but isn't quite so good on all the detail about making it happen. Well, Nehemiah, he was a dreamer for sure, but he was a total completer finisher. I mean, he had a plan. Let's look at this map, which shows us what the walls would have looked like when Nehemiah rebuilt them. So you can see it goes all the way around the city and it's not just a wall, there are some gates which take a particular kind of construction to build, each with their own purpose. So you've got the sheep gate there, that was to bring in the sheep, yeah. And uh, down at the bottom, the dung gate, and that was for, you got it, taking the dung, all the waste, the human waste, out of the city. And the whole city was on board with this project each household given a particular bit of wall to build. It was the bit of wall in front of their own homes. But also there were particular groups that were given the job of building the gates. And this is a great thing because it's not just an allegory, you know, a, a lovely story in the Bible. It happens. There are bits of this wall still there today that you can see. So the first thing I'd really like us to notice about this passage is that God chooses to involve you in the things you care about, which is an encouragement. Look at this plan that Nehemiah had, the sheep gate. Who did he ask to build the sheep gate? Well, through that gate, the sheep or the lambs would have been brought for sacrificing in the temple. And it was the priests that he asked to build that gate. So he knew that the priests really cared about that bit of the wall. And so he matched that with the job that he gave them. And then you look at how each homeowner was given the bit of wall right in front of their house. The bit they would have seen and looked out on every day, the bit they cared about getting built properly and done well. And so that's how he matched the labourers with the jobs. And I do believe God cares about the things you care about because those things he probably put in you in the first instance. And so we can trust that he will match us up with the stuff that we're good at, uh, the things that are appropriate for us when we seek his will for our lives. You know, maybe it's tempting to think, oh, gosh, I, 
I can't really say to God, I'll go anywhere for you because, you know, God might send me to Australia. I'm ginger, I'd get sunburnt. I'm just going to hold a little bit back and make my own plans. Uh, you know, God is not going to work like that in your life. I think he created you to be as you are for a good reason. And so he will involve you in the things that you care about and he's gifted you to do. However, having got that clear, there are times when our dreams don't necessarily match with what we find ourselves doing. And the rest of what I want to say this morning is kind of an antidote to the sort of gospel that says, follow Jesus because he'll make all your personal dreams come true. The second thing I think we can notice from this passage is that his calling is not all about you. I won't dwell too much on this because I know you know this, but just think about Jerusalem at the time. It would have been full of families and busy people pursuing their own ambitions and dreams. Um, the teenagers, the Jehoshaphats and Deborahs learning their musical instruments. Maybe they were poised to go off to music school, ready to take the Jerusalem Apollo by storm. Uh, and then here comes Nehemiah and says, just put all that down a minute because it's all about this wall. Come and join me and do this right now. Well, you know, I imagine there'd have been a few that would have thought, well, hang on. You know, I know that God has plans for me, plans to give me a future. So I'm just not feeling that right now. And I sometimes struggle with knowing, am I doing the right thing? You know, am I doing God's will for me right now? Because actually I'm not really enjoying it. I'm not coming alive every time I'm getting out of bed. But the problem is, when we start to dream with God in a vacuum and we fail to see that God's vision for our life involves us being a really tiny part of something beyond us. You know, he's got a vision for the whole church. He's got a vision for the whole city of Nottingham. He's got a dream for the United Kingdom. And we are all called to play our little part in that. And we might not see it at the time. We might not see what the point of it is. But we can trust that, that God calls us into something beyond what we can see right now. And we can trust and accept that this might not be bringing us joy upon joy every moment. But it does have meaning and purpose. The third thing is that we should learn to do what's in front of us. Do what's in front of you. So just to read again from verse 28 in chapter 3. Above the horse gate, the priests made repairs, each in front of his own house. Next to them, Zadok, son of Imma, made repairs opposite his house. Next to him, Shemaiah, son of Shechaniah. And next to him, and next to him, and on it goes. The job was right there in front of them. And that's the thing they should commit themselves to and get done. Now... I'm going to be honest with you, I am someone who has really struggled to live in the present moment. I'm always thinking about the next thing. And this is a lesson I've really tried to learn over the years, to see what is in front of me now and give myself wholeheartedly to that. I've been a radio presenter for 20 years plus now. And to my shame, I have done hundreds, maybe even thousands of radio shows where I haven't been fully invested in what God had put me in front of. 
And instead, I was always thinking about the next bigger thing. And so I'd be dragging myself out of bed, going through the ropes, doing the show, but always in my mind thinking, this is great because it's going to prepare me for maybe the big break, maybe the thing that's over there that will bear more fruit, that will be of bigger impact. And we can do that with church ministry too, those of us involved in it. Like this is just a stepping stone to something better, to God's real purpose for us. And when you think like that, of course, you are missing what's right in front of you. And I missed my colleagues as people who I could bless, I could pray for, I could invest in praying for them, sharing my faith with them. Uh, I could think about my audience as to what might God want to say through me today, rather than thinking about today being just a gateway to something bigger and better in the future. And one thing that can really kill your contentment with what is right in front of you is comparison. Looking at what someone else is doing and thinking, well, my, my job isn't, isn't living the dream so much as theirs. I mean, think about the wall. Think about that dung gate, the least glamorous stretch of the rebuild project where the poo was taken out of. <laughs> you can imagine the people given that job. Why have we got this bit? Why can't we do that bit over there? Well, you know, these are jobs that just have to get done. Someone's got to do it. Someone has got to stack the chairs at the end of our services. Someone's got to clean the toilets. In our homes, someone's got to get up in the night to look after the kids, put them back to sleep again. Someone's got to, dare I say, do that job that involves loads of numbers and spreadsheets. It says in Ecclesiastes that we should embrace wholeheartedly the work that God has put right in front of us. Uh, it says it in chapter 9, verse 10. Whatever your hand finds to do, do it with all your might. And if you are doing that as someone who is surrendered to God, then there is blessing in it. If I'd been living every single day involved in God's purposes and plans for me right there and then, then I think there would have been more fruit. I think he would have blessed more people through me. So let's just roll up our sleeves at times and just know that these jobs have got to get done. But let's do them for God. Let's roll up our sleeves, embrace the task ahead and do them wholeheartedly. Finally, could it be, as a follow-on from this, that God is wanting to build you as well as building the wall. It's like Groundhog Day, isn't it, in lockdown? Every day feels very similar. And yet God could be using this time to grow roots deep down and teaching us things in these daily tasks, in the things that are right in front of us. Take a look at this picture. You might be familiar with it, or at least with the metaphor. It's of the tree. And look at the size of the roots. The roots take up more area under the ground than they do above the ground. And that's because it needs that deep and healthy root system to withstand what life will throw at it, the wind and the rains. And it is exactly the same with us. God wants to grow our roots so that when more challenging times come, we can cope. And with the assignments he gives us, 
of course he'll give us something that's right in front of us, something that is repetitive, perhaps not so challenging, so that in that season we can, in giving ourselves to it wholeheartedly, learn the lessons that he is trying to teach us. And I know that if I really embraced that wall in front of me, that daily job, and learned the lessons he was teaching me, lessons about my character, lessons about perseverance perhaps, and faith, maybe those other bigger things would have come to me sooner. There's biblical precedence for this. You know the story that Jesus told of the talents. There were these people who were given money and they were set the task of doing something with it. And it was the ones that learned to deal effectively with what they were given that then went on to be given more. You know, with greater opportunities come greater challenges. And so God wants to grow our roots. And it might be in this season of lockdown, of repetition, of doing these things that are right in front of us, that God is wanting to teach us things. And I guarantee he will be, because God's always growing us. So I wonder, what is that thing for you? Is it something about your character? Is it something about your relationship with God, your motivations? So I'm just going to finish with an encouragement. There are things that God places in our hearts. There are dreams, the big visions. But for now, it's the thing that is right in front of us that needs to concern us. Let me read you a quote from someone called Banning Liebscher. He is the founder of the Jesus Culture movement uh, that came out of Bethel Church in California. It takes faith and commitment to trust the God who gave us both the dream and our current assignment and to say, getting me there is your job. And this wall in front of me is my job. Faithfulness to build a wall is not giving up on your dream, it's trusting God with your dream. There's such wisdom in that, isn't there? The wall that's right in front of us, that's our job. The other stuff, God will take care of that. I'm going to pray now and uh, I'm going to give you a chance just to listen to what God might be saying to you. Whether it's to help you see the thing that is right in front of you. Maybe like me, you've missed it for quite some time. Maybe it's something he wants to do inside you. It's something in this daily uh, groundhog repetition of lockdown. He wants to teach you. Maybe it's actually to share something of his vision for your life in the future. There's a lot we've covered this morning. So I just want to bring this into the presence of God and ask his spirit to speak. Holy God, you are the God of dreams and passions and your vision is to bring life and to bring in your kingdom. Thank you that you want to do it through us. And Lord, we come before you and dedicate ourselves afresh to you. Lord, we embrace what you have set before us. We give ourselves to you wholeheartedly. We surrender to your plans and purposes, Jesus. Speak to us now in your name. Amen.